0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, September 1st, and I'm Sarah Fenton in for Wayne Pratt head Salmonella is one of the most pervasive foodborne bacteria in the country. And right now it's not well known where that pathogen is in the chicken supply chain. But researchers in Missouri are working to change that.
1: If we know the level
2: of contamination risk, we might speed up the shipment of some goods or shorten their storage time.
0: St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt looks into a new way to detect salmonella at more places in the poultry supply. That's coming up, but first, this news. Missouri health advocates say a recent decision by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency to review its current ozone air quality standards will delay efforts to improve air quality. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports.
2: EPA Administrator Michael Regan has announced a review of ozone air quality standards to give the agency time to weigh new studies. But scientists and health experts say the current standards aren't stringent enough and delaying changing them could lead to more people breathing in bad air. EPA officials say ozone is a problem in the St. Louis region where particles can cause respiratory problems including asthma, chest pains, and coughing. Laura Turner is Senior Manager of Advocacy for the American Lung Association in Missouri.
0: Further studies would just be confirming what has been found already. There's really no need to delay this further.
2: An EPA spokesperson said the agency will hold public workshops on new regulations and issue a draft plan later next year. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: The St. Louis County Department of Health will soon distribute the opioid overdose reversal drug naloxone for free at all the county's public libraries. Naloxone blocks the effects of opioids in the body of someone who is overdosing. Narcan brand nasal spray has been available at five of the county's 20 library branches since July. Library officials say the other locations will offer it before the end of the year. County Library Director Kristen Sorth says libraries now function as community centers and that means offering some very traditional library services like books and summer reading club but it also means offering things like diapers and narcan kits when bought at a pharmacy the two-dose box of narcan costs around 45. dollars. officials say making it free and easy to access could save lives illinois secretary of state alexi genulia's plan to cut down wait times at driver's services facilities officially begins today Customers going to facilities in Chicago, the suburbs, and some locations in other parts of the state are now required to make appointments for in-person visits. Those locations include bureaus in Quincy, Bethalto, Edwardsville, Belleville, and Granite City. Philippe Largent of AARP Illinois says this program will especially help older adults. The Skip the Line initiative is another effort to make transportation accessible because older adults will be able to plan ahead and make an appointment to visit the Secretary of State's office instead of taking a chance uh, on wait times and office closures. Largent says older adults with mobility challenges will be spared from waiting in long lines. All drivers services offices statewide will extend hours of operation and 15 locations will also be open on Saturday mornings a member of a powerful Missouri budget writing committee is unsure whether her colleagues will override governor Mike Parsons' vetoes in September. Parsons struck out more than $550 million from the 2024 fiscal year budget, and that includes priorities from Senator Carla Esslinger, like a study to expand Route 63 in Texas County. But the Ozark County Republican doesn't entirely disagree with Parson that the state needs to conserve money for future years. You want to be able to have a balance that helps you weather those storms. Uh, You have reoccurring costs every year of things that you've got to be able to fund. Esslinger was a guest on Politically Speaking. You can listen to her episode by going to stlpr.org or wherever you get your podcasts. when you go to the grocery store and pick out a carton of eggs or a package of chicken, you trust that food is safe as long as it's cooked properly. For the most part, that's true. But the food supply chain isn't perfect, and contamination sometimes happens. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports how researchers in Missouri are trying to solve this problem with new sensors to detect harmful bacteria in the chicken supply chain.
2: Salmonella is one of the top foodborne pathogens in the US. Each year, it gets millions sick, sending some to the hospital or worse. The bacteria can be found in a lot of food, but it's usually associated with chicken or eggs. The poultry industry processes about 10 billion chickens annually, and for years, it's wanted a better way to detect the pathogen. Now, there's nothing wrong with how the industry tests for salmonella or any other bacteria right now. It's just that those tests take time. That's one of the frustrating things with microbiology. Jim Dixon is a professor in Iowa State's Animal Science Department who works with meat and poultry products. Realistically, in most cases, we're talking about... Three days. Three days to get a test result back. And by that time, Dixon says the chicken is usually on its way to the grocery store. Now most chickens carry some form of salmonella, and the CDC estimates it's in one out of every 25 packages of raw chicken. When it's cooked, there's usually not a problem. But the risk goes up when there's a higher load of salmonella in that chicken. That's where research inside this lab at the University of Missouri comes in. Doctoral student May Abuhelua demonstrates one sensor that can detect salmonella in minutes. She takes a sample of chicken and deposits it into a small plastic rectangle where the sensor is.
0: I just inject my sample and then wait a couple of minutes and then I
2: can read very clear here. Abu Khilua shows a graph on a computer screen with points on it that correspond to molecules in salmonella or other pathogens.
0: If we can read the signal that in this point, this point, this point, we can know that, okay, we have this kind of virus or bacteria or something.
2: This test is just available in a lab right now, but the idea is to make it possible to test anywhere in the chicken supply chain. It would be a way to test the chicken beyond that one time. You could have sensors at the farm, the grocery store, and even more points at processors. At every operation, for example, carcass washing, de mm. the cutting. Hai Tao Li is chair of the Supply Chain Analytics Department at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. With sensors at more points, Lee says researchers could see salmonella contamination along the whole supply chain in real time. If we know the level of contamination risk, we might speed up the shipment of some goods or shorten their storage time. And catching contamination early or at more points along that chain could mean fewer people get sick. But these sensors will need to be easy to use and cost-friendly if the companies that process, ship, or distribute chicken are going to buy in. Still, Carlton Adams likes the idea. You know, it could
1: potentially be game-changing for us. First of all, we would have better information up front.
2: Adams is with Operation Food Search, a food bank in St. Louis. On this weekday morning, cars and trucks are outside a warehouse loading boxes of food that will go to people in need in Missouri and Illinois. Adams says this kind of salmonella testing would give his organization and the people they serve reassurance the food that they're getting is safe. I mean, just
1: the knock-on effects of having contaminated food in a neighborhood is, is really troubling.
2: He says whole families can get sick, keeping kids from school or adults from work. There's promise in this new testing technology, but it's still years away from hitting the market. Adams says his food bank will be ready for it if and when that happens. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Our Brian Moline edited that piece. StoryCorps is coming back to St. Louis. Starting September 14th, mobile tour participants will have the option to record conversations in person in the famous StoryCorps Airstream trailer or remotely in a virtual recording booth. To celebrate, we're revisiting some of the conversations StoryCorps recorded in previous trips to our area. Today, we'll hear from a father and his apprentice, Ed Cage and his daughter, Nicole Paris. Back in the 80s, Ed immersed himself in the St. Louis hip hop scene and fell in love with beatboxing. Fast forward a couple decades and that love is now firmly planted in Nicole as well. They came to StoryCorps in 2018 to talk about how it all began.
1: When mom was pregnant with you, I would get right up on her stomach and beatbox to mom's belly. (laughs) And you would feel the vibration. And when I did that, you would just shake. And one of the greatest joys of my life was actually seeing you being born. Were you prepared at all to be a father? No, no, I wasn't prepared. I was 16 when we had your brother. So when I said, okay, I'm going to do this, I threw everything into it. You had like... No, I had four jobs. I had so many jobs jobs at one time, Nicole, I was going to the wrong job. You know, you being away so much growing up, that was hard. Yeah, I didn't want to be the dude that came in and left. So I had to figure out how I was, as a father, going to connect. And you were always like to hear me beatbox. So you used to sit up on my lap, and you would just bang your head trying to keep that beat going. I remember one time you was making a whole bunch of crazy sounds, and I told you, I don't know what that is, but then I had to check myself and say, well, whatever you want to do, Nicole, that's what you do, okay? And now you go to sleep beatboxing. When you wake up, we'll beatboxing. When we cooking, when we're driving. So when you and I communicate with each other, we can do it by beats. Yes. Let's say if I don't agree with something that you doing, and I feel angry. Why you just throw your eyes at me? Because you make me mad. (laughs) I'll do more of a bass beat, kind of (laughs) like... Yeah, I can tell when you're not feeling good, because your beats are... real down. But when you are feeling like, oh, I'm ready to take on the world, you... (laughs) 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 Right. Pops... I love the bond that me and you share. You know, baby, it's it's something, Nikki. To see you go out into the world continually trying to be the best that you can be, I just absolutely love that about you. And as a father, that's all I can ask for.
0: That's Ed Cage speaking with his daughter, Nicole Paris. You can record a conversation like that one when StoryCorps comes to St. Louis, Details on how to sign up are at stlpr.org slash events. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. In for Wayne Pratt, I'm Sarah Fenton. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.